Yo, what's up and welcome back to the Comic Book Guys. It's been a little bit, it's been a hot minute, but we're back here with my guys Parth and Brad. What's up, guys? How you doing? Chilling, man. Brad, how you been, man? I'm chilling, too. Um, just, you know, did some moving today, so uh, ready to relax a little bit and talk about some comic book stuff. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, this congrats. past month has been... Yeah, congrats, dude. Congrats on fucking moving, being out <laughs> on your own. Shit's great. Um, like, this past month has been, personally, I would say one of the best months or so for comic books, you know, comic book movies, all this other shit that we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last time we talked, we were like, oh, we got to talk about, we got to see The Flash, we got to see Spider-Man, and, you know, mo- a month has passed, and those movies have passed, so it's only right that we kind of get into it, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, your guys' like thoughts on what you think about Spider-Man. Now, I feel like I have to throw it over to Brad to start off with, like, yo, Brad, <laughs> Cause you're this is this is your shit. Like, yo, how you feeling about this movie, dude? He's We're got Spider Man behind him, dude. Yeah, I know. He's on a Spider Man pillow. <laughs> like, how do you feel about this movie? It's been a month. How do you feel about this movie? I, I honestly I can't say enough good things. Um, I saw it three times in theaters. Uh, yeah, uh, I saw it in IMAX uh, for the first showing, opening night. Um, that was incredible. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's still in theaters, but I mean, if, if you can find a showing, you know, see on the biggest screen possible. Um, but yeah, just the, the visuals were crazy. Um, the animation was just absolutely insane. Um, my favorite part of the animation was probably, uh, my guy Hobie. Uh, mm. he's just the, the animation was just crazy on him. I mean, they, I think they animated like him at like three different frame rates. Uh, so like his guitar was animated at a different frame rate, and then I think his uh, clothing was animated at a different frame rate, and then his hair was also animated at a different frame rate. Um, so yeah, that that and that really popped off on the screen for me. And then you know I just I just loved going into all the different spider worlds. Um, the the Lego scenes uh, were actually animated by a 14 year old kid uh, named Preston Matanga, uh, who I follow on Twitter now. Uh, I forgot his at, but I, I would just I would look him up and follow him because um, he's doing some really awesome stuff. Uh, I think he's even I think he's even trying to start to animate like the Beyond the Spider Verse like before it even comes out. So like he's been doing some stuff with like um, my uh, Prowler Miles and uh, Spider Miles. Uh, so he's just super dope. Uh, I mean, he's only a 14 year old kid, and he already has like a major animation credit on like a $700 million animation movie, which is just wild to me. Um, so yeah, shout out to him. Uh, he's been probably one of my other favorite parts of like this whole movie process. Um, but yeah, um, I'll throw it back over to you guys. And we can Side note discuss. about him. Did you see the Snyder fans in him getting into it today? Or like, nope. I don't know what it was. No, Dude, I didn't. He just like, <laughs> it was funny. Like there was like this, they're obviously just like, you know, making a big thing about the Snyderverse and how good it was. And then he's just like, it's not that good. Like they stopped fighting because their moms were the, they had the same name. And oh my God, dude, the thread was nuts, dude. The pe- people are insane. Not people. Snyder fans are insane, yeah. dude. My yeah. God, he's a 14 year old kid. And there's like grown ass men who are just like, you understand when you're older, you know, like you have no idea about movies <laughs> or anything about movie making. And I'm like, dude, 
this could literally help make a movie. Like you guys have no idea what you're talking about, but I just thought it was hilarious and so representative of Snyder fans. <laughs> like, Dude, going at a 14 year old kid is fucking, it's insane. It's, it's insane, insane, dude. It's yeah, like, dude. <laughs> I, I even saw some of the comments like, oh, I'd kick your, you know, if, I, if we were in real life, I'd kick your ass type of comments. I'm like, what? It's a 14 year old kid. If you're a grown ass man, I'd hope you'd be able to beat the hell out of a 14 year old kid. And even then, I doubt these fucking weirdos can do it. So I, I don't know, dude. Um, Parth, how did you feel about Spider-Man? Uh, I think I got to start it off with Bavitur Prabhakar, dude. Like, I'm sure you're going to feel it in in a month. But to see like, you know, your race like represented on the on the on the big screen, like in this way, especially in superheroes, it's just like it's it's another worldly feeling, man. Like I was like looking around. I went with like all my little cousins and I was like looking at everyone's face and like everyone was just like captivated. It was it was just such a phenomenal part of the movie, man. Like they did it so well. All the jokes like it was it was funny and they and they just did it awesome. Like Mumbatton looked awesome like the uh, animation style even had like an indian flair to it like i just i really liked how they handled it and so then i was stressing out the, the whole movie like dude please don't let him be a bad guy like we finally get one please don't let him be with uh <laughs> with uh miguel and so then uh when, when he ended up being like with hobie and them i was just like thank god let's go but you know i can't wait for the next one now but what a movie. It it just it sucks that it had to be a setup. Like it it makes sense, but like, oh my god, dude. Leave I hate cliffhangers. Especially like when you gotta wait so long. Uh like I saw I saw, you know, I think we all follow him, Mikhail on uh on Twitter. You know, he he's just like he retweeted some Tom Cruise thing. And it was just like Tom Cruise refused to end Mission Impossible on a cliffhanger. He's like, people came to see a movie. There's gonna be a part two to the movie. But he refused to just leave it on a cliffhanger. And, like, I appreciate that so much, man. Like, going to – because then, uh, yeah, Fast and the Furious did the same thing, right? They're, they're leaving on this cliffhanger. And it's just like, all right, like, it's cool. It's it's great for storytelling, I guess. But I'm going to have to watch the movie again, like, when it comes out and have to watch all through it, through, like, two of them right before. And it's just like, dude, I hate having to wait for things. It's very millennial of me, I guess. But, like, two years for a cliffhanger, three years. That's a long time to wait because it's not going to release at the date now, you know, with the with the strike. And it was ambitious as it was to release a year later. So it's going to be at least two, maybe three years. Yeah, four years. Yeah, I saw that. That's insane. So, dude, that's crazy. Um, I think. My overall, like, it, it was a great movie. I'm telling I told every single person after I came out, like, hey, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Um, it solidified my idea that, like, animation is such a good, like, medium to tell stories. And I think people, like, pigeonhole it to just being fucking for kids and it's just this. But I'm like, yo, go watch this fucking movie and the first one and you'll see why it's such a good way to tell a story. Because you can, can do I just, so can much I say something it. about that real quick? Yeah. Because... I was very anti animation, you know, like since I was like, you know, 14 or something, I was like, I'm not watching any animated shit. I was like, that shit's for babies. You know, I was just like, yeah, like I'm going to watch it with real people. And so I was like very adamant about that. Um, and my girlfriend got me to watch Avatar, uh, like as, as like when I was 
20, right? And so I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I was like, this is one of the greatest shows of my entire life. Like, has Hindu aspects in it. Like, it was getting me fired up in a ton of different ways, man. Like, Zuko was like my brother. You know, I felt it. You know, it was it was such an incredible show. And I just, it really, like, kind of opened my eyes to it. And then I kind of slowed down again. Um, but I, I obviously, with the Spider-Man, you know, I went and saw those. That wasn't even a question to me because I was like, I have to go see Spider-Man. But um i gave i I got into uh star wars right i think we talked about it on the the last one i I really had like a resurgent into star wars and i've been watching the clone wars and like that's a legitimately like such a good good show and i see why with movies like spider-man with shows like uh the clone wars you have to make it animated because if they didn't they wouldn't have been able to do everything that they did in the animated show. Like some of like the faces, you know, like, and, and they even talked about that, this, which was kind of funny. Um, one of the creators for um, Obi-Wan, right. Um, they were talking about how they had to show the, the, the first brother or maybe it was a grand inquisitor. I don't know. Whichever one they had to show his face in real life. And they were just like, it's such a struggle. You can, you know, make, you can show his face how you want in animation and, have all these intricate lines and designs but you know once it comes to live action it's a whole different story into making it look good and making it movable and so many different aspects of it so you know to people who might be closed off to it it's worth it and i mean even like the the animated uh uh dc movies you know i I think i think those are really good for all the movies that they haven't put out in terms of live action movies those have been solid you know so um if you haven't if you haven't you know given it a chance it's definitely worth it yeah dude that's exactly what i tell everybody because i meet a lot of people our age that are just like kind of in the same boat like nah, i'm not really into animation like cartoons whatever like i've been down with animation since fucking ever like that's been my shit so for me i've been like yeah you have to go watch this movie it was great my overall feelings were like this was a great movie i i really enjoyed it from start to finish um I love how they treated Miles. I love how they treated the family dynamic. Um, what I felt the most connection to was that, like, that relationship he had with his mom, where there was like a lot of disagreement, and she's trying to figure out like how to parent a teenager because now he's hitting that point where he wants to be on his own, he wants to be independent, but like Latino families, man like it's 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 about family like you know you got to keep you close want to keep you close because this is how it's supposed to be and then sometimes like the more they pull you in the more you push away and so you know you saw that struggle with miles trying to figure out like no like i love my mom but i'm trying to do my own thing and her struggle and i was just like damn there was a point where she's giving him that speech about like being my my little boy or you know my little man and i was just sitting there like you know, sitting next to my brother and thinking about like speeches and talks that I've had with my mom. And I was sitting there like, fuck, like hopefully he don't fucking, you know, just wiping like little tears away. Cause I was just like, damn, it reminds me so much of just conversations that I had with my mom. And so for me, those parts hit the thing that pissed me off. And I felt with like Parth was just the cliffhanger. Cause dude, I got to that third act and you should have seen me. I, I was like, fucking locked in <laughs> sat up in my seat super locked in and i was like oh yeah like i can go for another fucking hour and a half two hours like i'm ready and then it just cut 
And it got me so upset. I was like, fuck, you know, I made a big stink about it. I was like, this is great, but God damn it. Like, you know, so I'm impatient as hell. So I obviously I don't want to wait for shit, but um, yeah, it was a really great movie. Um, I think besides the, uh, the whole like father, I mean, the whole son mother dynamic was just uh, obviously Miguel, like seeing Miguel and Oscar Isaac playing him so well and how angry he was and how he thought he was doing right obviously loved it you know i love that we're getting into spoiler territory here i love that little moment where uh somebody tells him i think it was is it gwen that tells him he likes the empanadas from the cafeteria somebody tells him he likes those empanadas and then he like brings him one and i don't know if you guys caught this but he goes like hey tío Mm -hmm. right like he tries to call him like hey uncle like he tries to like uh like sweet talk his ass and then he like takes it threw that shit away and i was just sitting there dying like yo he shut that shit down real he was practicing his spanish Uh, too and then miguel just started in it and then miles was just like looking back and he was like uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude i was like fuck that was hilarious so there's just so many like little things like that and then uh yeah, I think that was one of my favorite moments. Just Miles thinking that he had finally found somebody to talk Spanish with, and Miguel just fucking shut it all down. I was like, "No, dude, <laughs> get the fuck out of here! You're a nuisance. You gotta get out of here." Um, uh, yeah, I loved, I loved it. I love that character. I love those characters. Everybody was great. So, I mean, I can't say any more about it. It was just a fucking great movie. Um, yeah, that uh, like the mom son speech, dude. That got me all three times. Damn, Every yeah, time. dude, it's was, such I, an I, emotional like, thing. Like wiping away some tears. I was like, damn, like this, this, this moment's hitting. <laughs> yeah, because like if you know, it, if you're have that relationship with your your mom or any other parent, you know that struggle when you hit like your teenage years, like you're 16, 17, thinking fucking. Fuck this! I, I I can do shit on my own, and your mom hits you with like a little, like nah, you ain't, you know. Make sure that you can, you know, be my little boy and my little man and all this other stuff. So, yeah, man, I, I like that movie. I can't wait for the next one. What's crazy is I had a friend who he's not really into the superhero stuff. He man, he's like somewhat, but the dude loved this movie. And he hit me up and was like, yo, who's the spot? <laughs> like, he, that's all the text I got after he watched it. He was like, who's the spot? And he's like, is he new? And I was like, nah, dude, he's been around forever, but he's been in some fun, like, fucking like Z-list character that doesn't show up that often, you know, whatever. And I had to explain it to him. He was like, this movie was fucking dope. And to get his seal of approval is big, mind you. Let, let me just tell you what this man said about the Batman. He said the Batman was mid. <laughs> you don't know how much, like, I've known this motherfucker since we were four. I wanted to kill him when he said the Batman was mid. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Some people just don't get it, man. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, Spider-Man and the Batman, or neither of them were mid. Uh, but I can transition us into the next topic, if you guys are ready. So. Speaking of, you know, mother and son scenes, the one that got me was the one in The Flash. Um, so, you know, overall, I thought it was a really good movie. I, I know it got a ton of hate, but I 
I went in there with an open mind and I just, I genuinely enjoyed it. You know, like I think a lot of the hate comes from hate for the Snyderverse, Ezra Miller, you know, and just a, 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 a combination of things. But I went in there open-minded, just ready for a superhero movie. And I enjoyed it. I, I genuinely thought it was just like a good movie. It had me laughing. It had me feeling things. And then it had me just like, Ooh, it's like action. These action scenes are pretty good. And so, you know, to break it down, I was talking about the mom scene. There's a scene where, um, you know, uh, Barry's able to talk to his mom for a second. It's at the end of the movie. It, sorry, spoilers, but <laughs> um, it, it's, it's at the end of the movie. Um, and uh, it's, it's like a very tender moment where he's, like, I mean, he's missed his mom his entire life, right? And uh, she just tells him, you know, that, you know, everything's going to be okay. She's just being a mom. And it's like a just the way that, you know, they were able to act in, in that scene. Um, and, you know, just the feelings that they got, the, whoever was, uh, was, was Barry's mom also just did a, a, a phenomenal job acting. Like, I think, I just thought it was just a really good movie. You know, uh, there were, there were different aspects of it. Um, it wasn't Flashpoint. He went back in time, but it wasn't Flashpoint, but there were just like aspects of it, family aspects of it that like, you know, I hadn't seen in like, comic book movies right like Snyderverse like Man of Steel you kind of got that feeling with you know his parents and especially his relationship with his mom um but this one it just felt like it like family was just like a really big component of it and it was it was nice to see and uh I and you know going to the Batman scenes I thought I thought I thought they were really good you know some people I know some some clips of it got released today some people were hating on it it looked a little CGI'd and you know that that's definitely an issue but at the same time you're not going to get a live action batman like sliding on on the highway for like going like 80 miles an hour and then jumping in the air like we kind of talked about it on one of the other pods but there's a fantastical element of batman that we just don't get to experience that much and i felt like we got to see it there it was just it was a short period of time um but I really enjoyed it. You know, the, the fight scene was really cool. And, you know, the, 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 there was even a joke with Batman, right? It's people get mad about those types of things, but like the lasso of truth kind of joke, that's, it's a classic dude. Like it, it, you can't go wrong with it. So, you know, I just, I thought, I thought it was just like that, that part was funny. And then you know, it was good. And I thought he did a really good job as Bruce talking to, um, talking to Barry, talking to and, Barry being like, and being like an older, an older brother type of brother thing type of thing uh so, uh, so i was really, I was really uh, good, uh, and good and powerful as powerful well but, as then, well, but then, I think my favorite part was favorite part was man. Man. he he was insane was the first insane. scene the where, you scene where you see him and he's like, like an old dude with the, with the whole beard and everything in the kitchen and he was just like throwing pans and stuff it was awesome it was awesome whoever his stuntman was he's a raise man he was he was killing but I thought he did a really did good a job movie. as obviously I coming just, back as Batman, Batman and, you know, being a mentor to both, both berries and, uh, and, and also just kind of being the gruff, there's no place for me no place anymore for me type of Batman. Type of Batman. Um, so that so part was, that part was, I thought that part of it was really good. good. And then good. lastly, lastly, the, the last the, fight the, scene, some, you know, they definitely tried to make it easier for them by um 
making it just like an area 51 type of thing where there's no buildings around or anything like that. So it did look a little bit bare, but there's a scene where Keaton's Batman, I mean, he's just giving it his all is taking down a Kryptonian dude. It was sick. I mean, he's using the grappling hook, like going around in circles on him. And that was just like, that was, that was like a Batman thing that you, you hadn't seen, you know, I don't, I don't know if ever, you know, like Batman moving like that, like the the rapid movements and like all over the place. So if Andy Muschietti does do the, the Batman brave and the bold, now everything is in question because of, you know, the flash's performance. If he does do it, I'm, I'm excited, man. I know, I know a lot of people do not like it, kind of hate on it, but I enjoyed it. I think if you just kind of look at it objectively, it was a good movie. Yeah, dude, honest, to be honest, uh, I think I'm right there with you. Like, I had fun with the movie. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, like, I once again, I, I think it also depends who you watch it with. Like, I watched it with my brother. Me too. And, like, my brother's a huge Flash fan. Like, out of all the DC characters, that's his favorite. And so he's sitting there, and, like, the first time he goes to, like, Flash goes to run, my brother was just, like, smiling ear to ear. Yeah. It's just how, how like, fast he looked and how yeah. everything looked. He was just so happy. The hospital scene? And that Was it the hospital? Yeah, yeah, the hospital, that was awesome, hospital scene. That was really and, cool. And I was like, dude, he's happy. This looks great. I'm happy. Right? Like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Now, you know, there's some things here and there that are like, uh, you know, whatever. Um. And I'll kind of get into those afterwards, but I think overall, I, I liked the movie. I liked um, The Flash. I liked, obviously, Michael Keaton was a highlight. Dude stole the show. Like, there were so many of his scenes, like Parth was talking about, that were just, like, slick, dude. He moved like a 70-year-old ninja. Like, that's the only way I can put it. Like, the dude moved like a ninja. His gliding was sick. Uh, he already talked about how he was, like... Um, moving around the Kryptonian. So he fights a uh, Namek, like the big giant Kryptonian dude. And so there's the whole scene. He's just sitting there like fighting him and it looks so clean. And then there is one scene where they're breaking out Supergirl. This is spoiler territory, but it's a callback to uh, Batman 89. And so I don't know if you guys remember this, but in Batman 89, oh, it's Batman Returns. It's Batman Returns. And he, or it's one of those fucking movies, but he like asks the person that he's with, how much do you weigh? And then he like adjusts what he has to do to get her up, like strung up to make sure that the weight is right. And he kind of did the same thing. He was like, how much do each of you weigh? And then he like calculated it real quick, put the correct bomb, boom, sent him up and he got it all right. And it was just like, oh, okay, that's dope. Right. So if you're like a Batman fan, 89 fan, you're going to go like, oh, fuck, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're going to pick that out. Um, like Sasha Kaye killed it. Like she killed it as a emotionally stunted and upset Supergirl. Like she gave off that vibe that she was pissed and she was like just super trying to save her cousin mm-hmm. and got super pissed whenever she, you know, whatever. Like I obviously I know Brad doesn't care about spoilers. We're getting into spoilers, but. So she did great. Um, ultimately, I think the, there was the, the big thing that sticks out is like the CG, right? And Andy Muschietti has come out and talked about the CG like, oh, you know, it was supposed to be like that. Mm, I don't think so. 
I, I, I don't think that's really how it was supposed to come out. But my my read on it is this. I think they spent too much money uh, shooting the three endings. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but they shot three different endings. And when you shoot three different endings, you have to get props, people, all this fucking money. So they spent all that time. And they had already pushed it back once or twice. So you can't push it back again just to clean up the CG. Something has to suffer. And I think the CG just suffered because they were like, yo, we're hemorrhaging money and we can't push it back. Fuck. So uh, I think there was some stuff that are like, yeah, hopefully they clean it up in the future and nothing looks like that. But like, yeah, the cameos, I mean, hey, their fan service, 100%. Like, I'm not even going to sit here in front, like their fan service. But they had, I was serviced. Nick Cage? I sat there. <laughs> yeah, like Nick Cage. <laughs> Nick Cage, I fucking died I was saying, I was like, hey, yo, in the theater. Like, <laughs> I, had, I had to react, dude. I was like, bro. Yeah. I saw the flow, and I knew immediately. Yeah, I knew yeah immediately. dude. I, I saw the giant, like, as soon as I saw the spider, I was like, no fucking way. I just threw up <laughs> my hands, right? And my brother knew what the fuck it was. My partner was next to me. And she goes, what? What? And then sees, like, you know, the whole thing, Nick Cage's face. She's like, what the fuck? And I, was, I started dying. Obviously, they showed the OG, Christopher Reeve. That was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, I got, I got the, the OG in there. And just all these little, like, things. And I was just sitting there like, damn, this is this is crazy. And I I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Now, you know, personally, this is how I came out with the end. And I don't know, Parth, if you felt like this, but I felt like that ending was like an ending. To me, it felt like this is it for this universe. It was a good way. It was a good way to end it, too. I, like... Dude, sh- shock factor on my face when I saw it. I was like, hey, yo, what? Like, I, there's no way. So, I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I think I would I would consider it an end. I think it was a good way yeah. to end it, too. Yeah. Nothing is the same, you know, but it's not going to be Batman and Raven the Bold. So, I think it's just like a, that's and, the universe now. Or, yeah. And if I had a guess, like, I don't think Ezra's coming back. I don't think most no. of these actors are coming they back. Like job, I think though. I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um one thing I did appreciate was like my my criticism of Ezra's portrayal very early on was like, yo, why the fuck is he a weirdo? Right? Cuz like why why is he acting like this? And then it comes to find out that it's explained a little bit more that it's because he's been so isolated and singularly focused that he's never had time to fully like mm-hmm. be a person. Yeah. Right. And so he's become an awkward loner, but like the younger Barry, completely different. And I went, oh, fucking duh. Like, okay, he still has his people with him. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, like that makes a little bit more sense. So, Brad, we've fucking rambled on and you're the only guy here that hasn't watched it, which is fucking crazy. That's crazy. Now, I have to know from what you have gleaned or whatever, you know. What is your overall thoughts right now, like of this movie, and will you watch it? I feel like I'm going to be like on the complete other spectrum of you guys. Um, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer, um, but and, you know, I'm not. I'm trying to go into the movie open minded because I am going to watch it. Um, but just 
like everything I've seen, like about the the cameos, like the Christopher Reeves thing. <sighs> I don't know. Like that just it kind of rubs me the wrong way. You know, like that's you know, he's he's dead, right? Like that's yeah. that's I don't know. That's just to me that's weird. And can, then can I uh, and I'm then sorry, I believe, I No, you're good. Um and then I believe uh Teddy Spears, who played Jay Garrick, I think even his cameo was AI generated. Um, so it wasn't so supposed to be know. him. It was supposed to be someone else aged down. Because he, I, oh, I saw it? that. Yeah, it was just somebody else aged down, and it looked like him. Oh, because the the screenshot I saw, like it looked like dead on, like Teddy. No, Spears. I know, I know. And so he was asked if he did it, and then the studio said it's not supposed to be him. It's someone else that they aged down with AI, but they just they look like him, I guess. So. Oh, okay. All right. Um. But yeah, so like those, those are kind of like my, my uh, hesitations going into the movie. Um, and then obviously you add on everything, you know, that we experienced with Ezra and all their problems. Um, honestly, like, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I think DC buried the wrong movie for a tax write-off. Yeah, I, w- I just wish they released both. Like, wh- I just, like, I don't know why they put, a- you put in so much money into Batgirl, why? Yeah, like this movie didn't even make as much as Green Lantern. Nuts! That's fucking insane. That's nuts. And crazy. To to your point, coming back as Batman, and you couldn't even make as much as Green Lantern. And to your point about like the cameos, I think the only thing that I thought was like the the Christopher Reeve one does feel a little like mm, they could have just used Brandon Routh from Superman Returns. Because he's he, supposed he's to play canon Christopher Reeves, right? Yeah, he's supposed to play uh, the iteration of Christopher Reeves' Superman in Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. So to me, I would have been like, you know what? Let's just put Brandon Routh in there because everybody would have fucking went ape shit with Brandon Routh anyways. Yeah, and this generation he, he's a Superman anyways. Like, yeah, like everybody knows, especially if you watch like The Flash and all those shows. Like, you'll know like Brandon Routh, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the only one where I was like, yo, if you were going to get a Superman and you want a Christopher Reeve Superman, just put Brendan Routh. They kind of look similar. He's played a version of him. And it doesn't feel as like, I, I get the like, ooh, it feels a little like icky bringing back somebody who's, you know, deceased. Um, it would be like Marvel, like using like AI to like bring back Stanley. Ooh. In my opinion, like it's like, that's like how it feels for me. Like I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be cool with that. That might happen. I, I, now that you said it, there's a strong, strong possibility that happens. So, I, but, I mean, I think there is some stuff about the movie I like um, that I, I that I've seen from like clips. Um, you know, like the chase scene um, when he's like chasing down like Falcone's men. That was pretty cool. Um, it was nothing like the, the Matt Reeves chase scene. I mean, yeah. Matt Reeves just completely blew it out of the water. Score, um, you know, the cinematography and everything. Uh, but you know, I thought I thought the chasing was pretty cool. Um, and then there was I th- uh, saw also like when uh, Barry's like phasing through the door um, and he like his eye against like the eye hole. That was pretty cool. Um, I got to admit. Um, so I mean, I think there is some like redeeming qualities to the movie that I am looking forward to. Um, but it just I don't know, man. Like just like this kind of budget and like not even making as much as Green Lantern. And then you have a movie like on the other hand, like Batgirl. That like would have had like so many redeeming qualities in my opinion. Um, I mean, you still would have had like the Michael Keaton effect. You you know you get like, you're getting a new 
uh, bat person in Leslie Grace. Um, you're getting a fan favorite in Brendan Fraser, who supposedly just like knocked Firefly out of the park. Um, I don't know, man. Like it just, it just feels so weird. Like I, I just, I, I just really want to see a Batgirl movie. Um, you know, I think it would have been, you know, a fresh character for fans to kind of ingest. Um, whereas this kind of just feels like, you know, like half of the Snyderverse and then half of, uh, you know, past universes. And it's like kind of all mingled into one. And, you know, it's like, there's this like big budget, you know, flop pretty much. And it's like, you know, I'm just, I would have been interested to see, you know, the reception to Batgirl. And, you know, I think that would have at least been a little bit more of a, like a creative, creative risk, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I I think what they saw in their eyes is like Michael Keaton. And that, that to them was probably worth like, we're going to get fucking millennials. We're going to get people older than them to go and put their asses in these seats when not taking into account like, Hey dude, you also have to make sure that, you know, Ezra Miller isn't going out and fucking assaulting people. Right. (laughs) Like it's all these like little things that compounded to end up where it's ended up. And then, I mean, yeah, it was good. Like I can sit here and tell you I had fun with it and I enjoyed it and it was good, but I don't like excuse anybody saying like, nah, the CG wasn't great. So I can't watch it. Or Ezra Miller's uh, not a great person. So I can't watch it. And I'm like, well, Hey, you know, I can't disagree with that shit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get not watching it morally, you know, if you, if you have those issues, but I think not watching it cause the CGI is kind of stupid. Cause honestly it was such a minor part of the movie. It's five minutes of the movie entirely, you know, like, the other parts of the movie were not bad, you know, and I think that's what's yeah. getting lost online. And I think the reason that this did so poorly is also just a combination of the state of DC and what has happened to it and just the universe, yeah. right? Like we talked about this going into the movie that there's just a chance that this thing flops because people just are not interested in DC. They don't trust the product that's coming out. And, you know, sure, you know, if, if they don't trust the product that's coming out and they see that the CGI is bad, it's going to make a lot of people not go and see it. You know, you have the main actor having tons of issues. People are not going to see it. So you have to, those aspects are something that you definitely have to consider. Um, but I just hope people watch it when it comes out and it's a little bit more accessible because it was a good movie and I, and I genuinely just enjoyed it. And I think that there were a lot of redeeming factors about it. And Brad, I agree. Like I just, I just, I, I half agree. I wish they would just, I wish they had released both because I was really excited for Batgirl. I thought it was going to be awesome. You're right. You get Keaton as well, Brandon Fraser, all that. I think what it comes down to is just that Flash had been announced in 2014, right? Like I, I was still in high school <laughs> when this thing got announced, and like, and and so then you know it had been being talked about for years. Money had just been thrown into this for a decade, like literally a decade. Um, I, I guess not literally, but <laughs> almost a decade. And then, you know, back a little bit newer budget was not as high. And then, you know, that's going to be the first one to get cut. Unfortunately, you know, after you've just sunk, after you have that much sunk cost, I don't think you really have a choice, but I think DC would just, or WB, I guess is who it is, would just be smart to unvault that man. Like there's just, I don't, I don't see the reasoning behind putting 
like it's the same reasoning why you wouldn't put out flash after you put money into it you put money into it people have put their time and effort into something i just think it's wrong to just put it away for no reason it's 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 still a piece of art right like that's getting yeah. lost in all of this i think they should have let fans decide if it was going to fucking make money or not mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like hey you made it for 90 mil you can if you do what you're supposed to do and it's a decent enough movie people are going to go watch it like you're going to get you know people in there and i i yeah it was a good movie felt like a good end my only hope is like i think what ended up hurting this movie too and you can you know you guys can agree or disagree with me is like the fact that james gunn is going to reboot this bitch so it was kind of like why why am i going to go watch that movie if it's going to be rebooted Mm -hmm. if it doesn't matter right and my that's my worry going into next month like if people don't go watch i think they've made it clear right that it's gonna be part of it like i I feel like people have gotta know man like he 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 made it clear to us nerds yeah i'm sitting there telling that is is like i'm telling like all my all my normie fucking family members like go watch this fucking movie go watch this movie please go watch this movie right like i'm talking to them all the time like no 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 go watch this movie i had some people like oh is it gonna be and i'm like yes 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 fuck go 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 mm-hmm. right so i i just hope it doesn't affect blue beetle i know he said that like hey he's gonna be in it he's one of the first characters we're gonna pretty much take him in and yeah i fuck i need this movie to be good it's gonna, <laughs> i need i have, but, I have zero I, I, doubts i like i haven't i haven't been this sure about a movie in a long time but like the cast and just like obviously i'm not like you i've watched every damn trailer that's come out just you know everything man like zolo's one of my favorite young actors like in the game man like his work like i liked him so much in uh in in cobra kai man like he, he he had a fan in me after that so now to see him getting his own superhero movie man sign me up and you could see in cobra kai how much his acting improved too like from season one to what are we on like season four now his his acting has improved a tenfold so i'm i'm excited for him to get this opportunity and you got george lopez in there man like that's gonna bring in people baseline like the george lopez show was a was like an institution of nick at night man. Like, <laughs> uh, you know you, like people are gonna go just to see george man like i know my uncle is like he loved george lopez back in the day so he's gonna go just to see george lopez he doesn't watch superhero movies <laughs> like yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's my worry about the fallout. I'm hoping we can avoid that and just like hit this movie strong. We get this boy a sequel or an actual movie in the DCU. Um, but Not yeah, I think, um, but just like you said, it was cause of like, uh, the state of DC, but I'm just curious if it's maybe just the state of Hollywood. Um, cause mm. I mean that it's, it's the flash isn't the only movie that's flopped on that big a budget. I mean, we just had Indiana Jones 5 come out, and that's looking like a flop, too. Um, I mean, in that one, you have, you know, Indiana Jones, you know, like one of the most famous adventure characters ever. You know, he's got a ride at Disneyland. You got Harrison Ford, all this stuff. Still flops, you know. Um, and it's just, I think uh, I think it was Steven Spielberg. Um, I think he had predicted, like, I don't know, 10 to 15 years ago that, like, eventually Hollywood is going to start making like these, you know, two, 250, $300 million movies. And, you know, they're not going to make their budget back or, you know, they're not going to, 
they're not going to be able to uh, stay afloat. And it's like, that's, that's coming to light right now. And it just, yeah. it's, it's going to be very interesting to see like where Hollywood goes from here. Um, especially because you have people like uh, Denis Villeneuve, um, you know, he does Dune. And I think his production budget on Dune was like $90 million, which is just insane, you know, because he, what he's doing with $90 million, these movies can't even do with, you know, two, $250 million. You know, I mean, this dude had a freaking giant sandworm. I think that was the only <laughs> CGI uh, scene in the entire movie. And I mean, the, the, new, the movie just, you know, it, it just rocks your socks off. I mean, you see, you can see it, you see it on the biggest screen possible and it's just, it's, it's a gorgeous movie, you know? And I think in the, the second one, you know, he's going to have uh Timothy Chalamet, he's going to be riding a sandworm. Um, and it's just, yeah. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's interesting to see how like directors can, you know, do certain things with such a less budget. Um, so I wonder where Hollywood's going to go from here. And then you have directors like Christopher Nolan, um, who's doing Oppenheimer, not a single CGI scene in the entire movie. He's fucking nuts. Like, he's awesome. I, he's did you see, nuts, did you see, so. he said he's done with superhero movies, but he left the door open on star Wars. How would that even dude? I don't know, but how, sign me how, up. How, how would that work? He, he'd be like, no, it has to be complete. Dude, that's the only way. That's the only way we're getting real lightsabers, dog. Like it's going to be Christopher Nolan figuring out how to make it for the damn movie. Like, uh, like there's going to be real lightsabers. Like it's going to be, oh man, that would be awesome. But, but you know, to your point, Brad, I, I have a philosophy. I think just in life, my dad just kind of told me that everything is pretty much on a pendulum, you know, things are going to swing back and forth. and you're right, right? Like Steven Spielberg was right. It's way too much money being poured into these movies. And most of it is also because they're just trying to do too much with CGI. And it's been most fans complaint with movies. Like, dude, this looks like it's just like made by a robot. Like so many Marvel movies now, like the nanotech. We talk, I think we talked about it on here. Like every suit doesn't need to be freaking nanotech, man. Like shit yeah. like spider-man can pull on a fucking mask dog like it doesn't need to be like let me press this button on my watch like you're not ben 10 dude like you can, <laughs> you, you can put on a mask and like i want to see a scene where you tear open your shirt and you got the you got the suit oh. on underneath man like superman better have one of those you know like but dude. but like these things have just kind of gotten lost in movies because cgi was awesome you know back in the day of like star wars still holds up right because they use CGI for the right things, you know, and it's not just like the whole movie CGI. The, 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 it, it's a art and a aspect of creativity that's kind of been lost, but it's going to have to make its way back because like you said, Dune, $90 million, and it's still talked about, about how gorgeous and spectacular the filmmaking is. So, and Oppenheimer. And so when people do this, it's appreciated and people will go out to see it. And I think Hollywood's going to have to realize it sooner rather than later, you know, and maybe it means hemorrhaging more money, but you know, someone's going to figure it out. They got to, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot yeah. of it might be like COVID too. And like the pandemic, um, cause Absolutely. I think CGI is so easy. Um, mm -hmm. like especially for Marvel movies. Um, I mean, you don't need to have actors at the same location. You know, you can have actors shooting scenes, at different locations 
you know, you don't have to have them um, on the same location. So I think part of it was that, but I think, like you said, you know, I think the pendulum's just swung too far and, you know, with, you know, COVID obviously it's not gone away, but, you know, we're to a point where it's, you know, it's subsided, you know, and uh, movie making is somewhat back to normal. Um, So, you know, they, I think they need to start relying less on CGI and, you know, more on getting back, you know, especially Marvel movies, getting back to, you know, shooting things in an actual location, um, you know, shooting scenes with the same actor on location um, or same, you know, actors, actresses. Um, so I, I think a lot of it came from the pandemic. So, but, you know, like you said, I think it's just swung a little too far. Also and about the CGI. Oh, sorry, Carlos. I just want to say one more thing. They're CGIing people's faces, man, onto like people mm-hmm. who look like them. I think the most like, ridiculous case is the one in the mandalorian i still haven't caught up to it but dude the guy looks like mark hamill dog like you you, you gotta look alike yeah. like just use yeah. it like there's no yeah. there's no reason to waste the money on cgi there you know i just think that it's useless you know a little bit of cgi every once in a while i still have to go see the indiana jones but like you know some cgi to like you know make them look younger for a scene i get it but if it's like if you're gonna use a guy in a whole show like they did with Luke, like for a whole episode, there's no reason to CGI his face. Somebody's going to have to take the mantle at some point. If you have this guy take the mantle, now all of a sudden you have the door open to make legend stories. You have the door open to make stories about, or new canon stories about what happened in between. Like they're just, they're not using their heads, man. Like put us in charge, dog. Like what do we, what do we got to do? Like, yeah. What I was going to say is just make the fucking suits. Like, I am so yes. happy that Blue Beetle suit is practical. There's a practical Blue Beetle suit that mm-hmm. Shola wore. Like, that's fun. And it looks fucking beautiful. It dude. looks sick. Like, they have it on display. And, like, when the light hits it in a certain way, you can see, like, little glyphs on it and all these fine details. I'm like, these are things that you can't get whenever mm-hmm. you do this heavy CG shit. And it's mm-hmm. costing you. Like, so, and you're overworking like all the artists, like you're yep. putting all these crunch time on the artist and every, it's just completely doing everyone a disservice. You're treating the artist like crap because you're forcing them to put out something that's not great and you're because mm-hmm. you want to get it by this time and then the fans have to go and watch something that's not great and then you lose money. So it's losing. I don't know, man. I hope they figure it out. I hope one the, the, one does. One of the best suits Marvel had was 95% practical, um, Moon Knight. I mean, I know, you know, that's a very controversial show and, you know, some people don't like the show. Some people do like it. Um, but I mean, I think most people can agree the suit's fucking badass. That suit is sick. Dude. And it's 95%, it's 90, 95% practical. Yeah, yep. that shit is sick. I mean, it's, so it's like Marvel can do practical suits. It's just a matter of, you know, whoever's, you know, calling the shots or making the decisions for these suits. You know, they. I think they just need to go back to a, you know a little bit more practical route. The Toby Spider-Man yeah. suit, goaded. Like Dude, I mean, even I, like, and and I think it's so cool. Like, did you guys ever go to those museum exhibits where they have like the uh, the suits up? Like there was like one rotating exhibit that was like I think it was like the Marvel ones. Like they had the Doctor Strange cape. Like they had they had like they had everything, and it's just so cool to see it up close and like you said like there's just intricate details on everything and it, yeah I, I mean there's or, a reason that you know non-comic book fans comic book fans people look at the dark knight trilogy overall as like 
you know, one of the greatest, you know, and, you know, people now are not loving it as much. And I personally still love it. I, it's, it's a different type of Batman, but I think it was, they, they were awesome movies, dude. But like, there was a sense of just like, you know, these, these suits felt like they were real. Right. And, and, and they were real suits. Like, uh, Christian Bale had to like squeeze into the suits, man. Like these, these were like, it, it's a, it was a whole thing around it and it's just kind of been lost. And I hope, I hope we can find it again. Cause wasn't it like the first Iron Man suit practical too, like early on. Yeah. Right. And then I mean, yeah, I think the it was practical, yeah. 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 I, I think like a good chunk of it was practical. Like they, they had made an entire practical one. And right. then as the, the movies went on, they like raised it up. So I think they went like half of it was practical. And then mm-hmm. they only did like the helmet. And it's just like, dude, keep, I don't care if RDJ can't do it. Put a, put a stunt double in that bitch and just let RDJ do all the zoom in scenes. And we're good. Absolutely. Right? Like, um, or yeah, I man. Say like the, uh, like the final swing of uh, No Way Home. You know, uh, when he has like, they even have like the little shot of like the sewing machine and it like shows like the cloth of like the Spider-Man suit, like still in the sewing machine. Yeah. Like that, that shit's dope. That's like, stuff. You know, or the, 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 the montage scene in Spider-Man, in, in like the original Spider-Man where he's making the suit, the theme song is in like, yeah. no, mm-hmm. no, no. And he's like yeah. sketching out this, oh man, like, dude, those are just like such incredible scenes and you're missing out on them. Easy yeah. money, dude. And- Easy money. So I'm hoping that they take this and realize like, all right, we got to make a good suit and do that with Superman. And they I will. see like, I want, all right. So I, I want to transition us if we're good to like move into that Superman legacy castings. Yeah. So over the whole month, right. We're like, you know, we were fuck since I don't even know when earlier this year, we were trying to figure out like, yo, wh- who, who are they going to get for Superman? Who's it going to be? What are we going to do? And then, as it got closer and closer, we started hearing like, oh, it's these three actors. And I think for Superman, it was Nicholas Holt. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was the other one? Nicholas Holt, uh, David Corenswet, and there was one more actor that I think was up for it. Uh, um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it comes out. All right. It's actually given to the young Philly kid, David Corenswet, right? And I, everybody was like, oh, shit, this dude looks... He looks exactly like Superman and his uh, the Lois Lane is. Let me see. Uh, hopefully I don't butcher her name. Rachel Bros. Bros- Brosnahan. Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Brosnahan. And then everybody's like, oh, dope. Like, you know, looks good. I haven't seen her. I've seen some clips from Marvelous Miss Maisel. She looks great. And then out of nowhere, dude. Like, I don't know how you guys felt, but it started to feel like we were just getting hit with fucking casting after casting. Tons. But of heroes. Like, we got a bunch of heroes, right? So we got Hot Girl, played by Isabella Merced. We got fucking Nathan Fillion playing Guy Gardner. And then we had, I forgot the actor's name. Damn, playing Mr. Terrific. I don't want to butcher his name either. Uh, But we had, yeah let's see i don't want to fuck up his name so i i don't want to let's see eddie gathegi eddie gathegi potentially that's his name i don't know if i fucked that up but you know we've been getting all these castings and i'm just really excited like i think david corn's wet is gonna kill it i'm good like hey i wanted a little bit more diversity but whatever i get it play safe do your thing 
impress me. He's a Philly kid. Hopefully, you know, he kills it. So I don't know how you guys feel. Um, Parth, how you feeling about these castings, man? I like it, man. I like it. I also like the metamorpho casting. I don't know his name. Um, yes. No whole Hank from Barry. I don't know if you guys have watched yeah. that, but he was awesome in that show. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Like it, it was just kind of getting hit by castings and Corn Sweat's also Jewish. You know, that's a change from the traditional Superman, you know, alter ego that you get. And that's like a, such a Philly thing. Like we get a guy to be Superman. It's like a Philly <laughs> Jewish kid. Like that sounds about right. He's got to be Italian or Jewish if he's coming out of Philly. So I love it. It's good representation for us. Um, but I'm excited, man. He, he looks good for the part. People are making fun of him because he's too skinny. Like, do you think the guy's not going to hit the gym, dog? Like, he's about to get a personal trainer and, like, a meal plan and, like, everything. And he doesn't need to be massive, you know? He needs he's to be also massive. tall as he's fuck. Tall. Like, he, exactly. It's just going like, like, to work. Four, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited. And, you know, to your point about the costumes and stuff, we're talking about, like, it's so simple. The one person in Hollywood who seems to kind of get these types of things is James Gunn. And that's why I feel yes. so confident about this. It's just like he time after time, he just proves that like he gets the he gets comic books and he gets comic book movies and what makes them special and why we like them, you know. Um, so I just I'm, I'm just relaxing. I know a lot of people have issues with some of the castings uh, like the Guy Gardner casting. People are kind of mad that he's a little bit older. Let things play out, man. Like I just DC fans are their own worst enemies, man. Like it's just like it's just constant fucking bullshit, dude. It's like can y'all just like shut up for a fucking day? Like I just I get a headache, dude. Like I I'm just like, dude, nothing has come out besides castings and you guys are mad. Like, can we just yeah. relax? Like, can we like like there's just there's nothing going on and they want to be mad about stuff. And it's like, dude, like, but but Parth, there's like a bunch of characters in here that aren't fucking Superman. And how is he going to balance it? It's like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, we don't know how big these roles are going to be. And hey, if anybody knows how to handle ensembles. The guy who's the Guardians God. of the Galaxy, man. And it's not. Yeah, and he said, he even specified it's going to be a Superman movie. These guys are there to help tell Superman's story better. It's not fan service cameos or whatever. He's building an entire universe. That's how these things can work. So just let let the man cook, man. Just just yeah. just let him cook. Like he's got these ideas, and he's actually read the comic books. Like we're getting someone who goes out of his way to read the comic books. DC, I like this is why I think DC is going to take the jump, man. Is because DC is releasing comic books to read, spe specified for the movie. They're releasing like three. Yep. Meanwhile, fucking Marvel is releasing Secret Invasion, and they're telling the directors not to read the comic book. Because they're doing a different story, like that's that that's so odd to me. Like, you know, it's just like, okay, you guys want to do a Nick Fury show? Then, like, you guys can find another way to do it. But if you're gonna do Secret Invasion, do Secret Invasion. Don't call it something that it's not. You know, and it's just, I, I'm just, I'm glad that we have someone who's reading the comic books and passionate about what it is, leading it. And that's why I'm just not worried. You know, and and that's why Marvel is worrying me right now. Not yeah. reading the comic book and, is not a great sign, man. Like, and and to your point about the comic books, the three that have been plugged for this are All Star Superman, which if you haven't read it, it's fucking fantastic. Just finished it. Like, I just read that shit. It's it's great. Uh, Superman Brainiac, um, which I haven't read 
yet. I'm going to. And then Superman Birthright. So Superman Birthright, another kind of like classic one that I would suggest people read because it kind of modernized his like backstory and everything a little bit better. So um, I would, yeah. But those three right there, if those are being plugged, then you know he's pooling. And he even like has posted shit about like All-Star Superman himself. I think the one thing that's Mm -hmm. like really showing, really telling is the Brainiac one. To me, that tells me like either Brainiac's going to be the big bad or we're going to lead into Brainiac eventually, which is going to be fucking insane. Like, I don't think fans know, casual fans know much about Brainiac. Dude's wild. So I'm really excited about that. But uh, Brad, how do you feel about the casting so far, dude? Yeah, um, I I really like the castings. Um, uh, David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a chance for a really good dynamic there. Um, I think I told you over text, but you know, I kind of like the fact that um, Rachel is a lot shorter than Superman. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think having like a super tall Superman and then you know, kind of like a shorter Lois Lane, I think that's going to create like a really good on-screen dynamic. And I just, I hope the the chemistry kind of backs that up um, just because, you know, in our last iteration of, you know, Lois Lane, we got uh, Amy Adams, who is a absolutely fantastic actress. Um, she's in one of my favorite movies ever, uh, Arrival. Um, she should have gotten um, a nomination for that. She did not. Um, still very upset about that. But yeah, she's she's a fantastic actress. And I just don't think that those movies ever really like did her right. Um, and I don't think they ever, I don't think that chemistry with um, Henry Cavill ever really like popped off screen, um, which is a shame because, you know, Henry, Henry Cavill and Amy Adams are two, two fantastic actors. Um, I just, I don't think we ever really got that chemistry that uh, is needed out of like a Lois Lane, uh, Clark Kent relationship. Um, so yeah, that, and then um I, I don't know if it was a I don't know if it was an actual comic or if like it was somebody something that somebody created, um, but like they did like a little animation. I retweeted it and uh, liked it on Twitter. And but they did like a little picture, and it was uh, it was Clark, and he's like running out of the Daily Planet, and uh, Lois is like, "Oh, where are you off to, uh, Clark?" And then he's like, "Oh, I just got lunch with some friends." And then like the next uh, the next little um, panel is him like sitting on top of the daily planet and like he's eating lunch with like green lantern uh hawk girl and like the other people that were just cast and like they were just like sitting there like eating lunch like shooting the shit about superhero stuff and like i think that'd be like so cool if we got like a scene like that in superman um just because yeah. you know it's not only not only is he clark kent but he is also superman and he's also going to have relationships as superman you know because yeah. he has a double life so obviously he you know, he needs to have friends as, you know, that are superheroes and that you can talk about this stuff with. Um, but he also, you know, he has going to also have that Clark Kent side to him. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see like the dynamic and see uh, hopefully James Gunn kind of takes that route. And like all these people that are getting cast, like they're going to be kind of like a soundboard or, you know, giving advice to Clark or, you know, stuff like that. Just, you know, supporting him in his uh, like new role as Superman. Yeah. And I think James Gunn has said that, that like it's going to be playing on this idea that like lives two lives and, you know, people of the Daily Planet is incredibly important to his life as Clark. And all these heroes are also important to his life as Superman. So you can't tell a story like of Superman or of Clark Kent without having both of those. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited, dude. I think 
the more we hear about this, it's really exciting. Um, every one of those actors, I feel like, once again, trusting in James Gunn, because he hasn't picked any actors that I feel like have let me down in any of the roles, right? It's been like, all right, cool. He knows who he wants. He has a vision. And if each of these characters, each of these actors are like for that vision, let's do it. Like, I'm up for it. Like, I, I can't wait to see who, well, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get to know who he's choosing as like Perry, Perry White and uh, like some other Daily Planet people just because, you know, the writer strike and everything like that. But um, hopefully that'll get resolved. Writers will get their money and we will figure out who all is in this movie later on. Um, I'm hoping we hear about like mom, pa, Kent. I hope they're both alive. Fuck all that, like killing them off shit. Let them have some parents. I need to have those moments where, like, I cried, you know, <laughs> like the Spider Man movie where his mom's giving him a speech. I need that speech in a Superman. I need him to fly back home, be all sad because he's like, oh, man, this is so hard. And his parents just tell him it's okay. It's the, you know, the, doing the best things are always hard. Like, shit like that. Like, that's what I need. So. I have a lot of hope for it. I like these castings. Corn's wet is going to be, I, uh, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful. I guess that's that's my biggest thing. Um, Not to side a little, um, but with um, if you guys have watched my adventures with Superman, um, I haven't watched the third episode yet, but I watched the first two. Um, and it was it was pretty cool because uh, like his suit is like you know it's like it's nanotech, I guess, but he kind of has <laughs> yeah. like that like Sailor Moon like transformation. Um, which is super dope. But then like after he like transforms into the suit, then like he walks up to his mom and she's like, Oh, we got to fix some stuff. And then like, she like gives him trunks. And uh, I think, I think she might make, no, no, no. She doesn't make the cape. I think it was just the trunks and maybe like a belt, but I thought that was pretty cool. Like, you know, you did nanotech and you know, the suit kind of like transforms by itself. But then like he walks up to his mom and she's like, Yo, hold up! Like you know, we gotta we gotta fix some stuff with this. Like so, there's still like a homemade aspect to it. Yeah, and for sure. His, uh, both of his parents, right? His Kryptonian parents and his Earth parents helping him to make a suit. Which is, I always love that dynamic of he has two sets of parents who just love him like their like their own. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. Well, I mean, I think that's it. I think we've hit just about everything that's happened in the past month. I mean, obviously there's other shit out there, but I wanted to keep this one kind of contained. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for your, you know, joining me, joining us. We appreciate it. You know, and we'll hope you guys give it a listen. Let us know what you think. Don't hit me up. If you disagree with me and you think I'm an idiot, let me know. I think the same about you and that's fine. We're good. But uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, everyone. Pay the writers. Yeah. Yeah. For Max, pay just writers. pay them, man. You guys are being selfish and nasty. All right.